0: I lift my eyes to you, the one enthroned in heaven, like a servant's eyes on his master's hand, like a servant girl's eyes on her mistress's hand. So our eyes are on the Lord our God until he shows us favor. Psalm 123, verses one and two. Good morning, IBCM. It's a great day. As we say today, this is the, la- the day that the Lord has made and we rejoice in this day we rejoice that we can begin the day in the lord's presence and i'm so glad that you have joined me this morning for our morning devotional i've received some uh, correspondence from several of you who have expressed to me your appreciation for this time we have each morning monday through friday and i'm so pleased to hear that this is meaningful for you and that you find it uh, significant and helpful in your own walk with Christ Jesus each day. That is good news to me. And someone asked, uh, Pastor, even when you return back to the Philippines and things go back to normal, will we still continue? Good morning, IBCM. And the answer is yes. We will still continue because we feel like this is a good way for us to connect. Even after things open up and we're all back in Manila uh we're We're scattered all over Manila, and this is a really good way for us to be together each day without having to fight the traffic and get to the church campus. So yes, we will continue this even after the pandemic is over. Uh, One of the silver linings in this pandemic is we've learned new ways to connect with each other, we've learned new ways to do ministry, new ways to communicate the gospel, new ways to disciple people, and to have Bible studies together. So we will continue to use technology beyond the pandemic, and we will continue to find new ways that we can do so. Well, I pray that you had a good rest last night and that you are having already a good start to your day. There's Nothing better than starting the day in God's Word. Let me uh, be- open us open up this time, begin this time with a word of prayer, and then we will continue in the book of Philippians in just a moment. Let's pray first. Let's just pause now as we are praying and uh, give ourselves to the Lord today. Communicate to Him. Let's communicate to the Lord that we are His servants And like the psalmist wrote, our eyes are upon the Lord today. Let's communicate that to him. Let's communicate to God our thanksgiving. I'm sure you have many things that you can give thanks and praise to God for this morning. So let's spend some time right now just giving God praise and thanksgiving. Uh, Tell God how much you appreciate his provision in your life. Be specific and give thanksgiving to God right now. God, we praise you for being such a good God, and we have so much to give you thanksgiving for. We thank you that you were a good father to us who were your children. We're amazed and we're humbled at how engaged and active you are in our personal lives and we're just amazed by that and we thank you now lord as we begin this new day on uh, wednesday morning that you would prepare us with your word fill us with your holy spirit and get us ready to live for you today and we pray in jesus name amen well let's look at uh, philippians chapter 1 uh, we're going to start reading in verse 21. We'll read uh, five or six verses. We'll stop um, about the middle part of verse 27. So Philippians chapter 1, we're going to read verses 21 to 27a, the middle part of 27. While you're finding, locating that passage of Scripture in your own personal Bible, let me ask you this question. It's a really important question. In fact, um, uh, it is a central question to our identity and who we are. Here's a question. What are you here for? What is your purpose? What are you living for? How we answer that question makes the difference in the kind of people we are and how we live. And that's what we want to think about this morning as we're reading from Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. Let's start. For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now let's just stop right there with that verse, verse 21. For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's a remarkable statement from Paul. Paul. Now, let's think about the second half of that statement. To die is gain. People who have no faith in Christ, people who are not Jesus followers, have one life to live here on earth, and that's it. One and done. Of course, as followers of Jesus and, and, and um, students of God's word, we realize that there is a life after death. But for those who are not in Christ, for those who are not Jesus' followers, life after death for them is really death after death. It's, it's a form of eternal death that people suffer because they rejected Christ. So, in a sense, one life to live, one and done. But we, who are followers of Jesus, have been given a gift. It is the gift of eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life, eternal life. So, Paul is correct and we understand it. Though we don't like to talk about death, we know we're certain we have this promise that there is life after death. So, those outside of Christ, one life and done. Those In Christ one life here on earth we experience the resurrection upon our death and we have a life eternal forever on the new earth called heaven with Jesus in his physical presence a place that has no death no sin no suffering no pain no trouble now which would you choose life on earth that no matter how much of the abundant life we have in Christ as experience, there is hardship and pain and suffering and the future realization of of death or life in a perfect place in the presence of God, where there is no more of this suffering and pain and hardship and stress and anxiety and worry. Which would you choose? And I think we would choose, as Paul would choose, that life. And so, to die is gain for all persons in Christ. What a fantastic promise. What a remarkable way to live, knowing that death is gain, because it gains us eternal life, a place in heaven with Christ Jesus forever, no end. But let's look at the first half all of us who are followers of jesus can say that to die is gain but can we truly say with paul to live is christ now that is an important question can we agree with paul that to live is christ certainly that's how we want to live our lives here on earth But do we truly, and what does it mean in the first place, to live is Christ? So let's read on, starting at verse 22. Now if I live on in the flesh, this means fruitful work for me, and I don't know which one I should choose. I'm torn between the two. I long to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for your sake since i am persuaded of this i know that i will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith so that because of my coming to you again your boasting in christ jesus may abound so paul is saying here though he would he would choose if it were up to him to be in eternity living forever in the presence of jesus he understands it for the time Living in the flesh here on earth is God's will. And he sees that as a way to continue to expand the kingdom, to mentor and disciple churches that he started so that they can also be fruitful in God's kingdom work. And then he goes on to say in verse 27 Just one thing. Now let's stop and think about that phrase for a moment. Just one thing. How much easier would our living be if we could be completely focused on just one thing? Do you ever feel like you're like that stage act that has a dozen plates spinning on sticks and you have to go back and forth across the the stage keeping the plates turning so they don't stop and fall and break on the floor? Sometimes, life can be like that but it doesn't have to remember in Matthew 6:33 Jesus said these amazing words seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you i think paul has captured the spirit of christ's words on that sermon on the mount uh, uh, quotation when he says just one thing now that doesn't mean that we are not supposed to wear a number of hats you know we're parents if we have children we're spouses if we're married we, we have work to do, we're, we have an employer or maybe we are an employer so we have work so I'm a parent I'm a spouse. I'm a I'm a worker. Um, maybe some of us are a parent, a spouse, a worker, and a student. Uh, and many of us are are fully engaged in the ministry of the church. So we are a servant in the church. We're taking on a leadership or a ministry role in the church. So we wear several hats. So how can we put all those hats together into one? How can we make life more simple? As we're thinking about this day and the many tasks that are on our to-do list today, all the things that we must accomplish, how can we place those many hats, those many tasks into one? How can we make life simpler? That is the $10,000 question, isn't it? How can I make my life simpler more manageable, and more productive? Paul has the answer. Verse 27, just one thing. Here we go. As citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now that catches the spirit. And interprets in a little bit different way what Jesus said in Matthew 6 33. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Live a life as a citizen of God's kingdom. Live your life in a way that is worthy of the gospel. To live is Christ, to die is gain. I have life in Christ because of His work on the cross and His resurrection. Death is a gain for you and I because we have been given the gift of eternal life and the promise of resurrection. Now, what is our responsibility in regards to that great gift that God has given us? We certainly do not earn our salvation. We certainly do not work For salvation but we certainly do have a responsibility to live as saved men and women what does it mean to live worthy of the gospel I think as we think about that today together if we were in the same room I would ask you that question what does it mean to be worthy to live worthy of the gospel and right now you you have your own thoughts about the subject. Maybe you have some ideas running through your mind. Maybe this would be an answer, to live a holy life. Or maybe someone would say to be an unselfish person and to be compassionate towards other people. Maybe some would say to be a student of God's Word and to know God's Word well. Maybe some would say, oh, to be a worker in the church, to serve God in the church, and to be a part of God's ministry in and through the church. Some would say to give to others. Those are all really good answers of how to live a life worthy of the gospel. But let's put it another way. We've talked about this before, so let me let me review what we've talked about before in regards to this word, Worthy, and you'll remember it as I begin to explain it to you. In Jesus' day, in Paul's day as well, when the person would go to the market, let's say to buy a kilo of grain, he would go to the merchant who had the grain, and the merchant would have a scale on the ta- on the merchant's table, and he would say, "I would like to buy a kilo of grain." The merchant would place a kilo weight on one side of the scale. That would drop, that would drop the scale down. The other side of the scale would go up because it has no weight. The weight with the kilo, the scale with the kilo weight on it would be at the bottom. The one with no weight would be at the top. And on this top weight, the merchant would begin to pour grain on that weight. And as the weight increases, the scales Balance. And when the scales are perfectly equal, perfectly balanced, then that would be a worthy scale. The merchant would know that the scale is worthy. That's one kilo of grain. So here's the point: here are two scales Jesus' life, my life. Jesus places his life on the scale, and it's glory. It's weight and the scale goes to the bottom and our scale goes to the top because it has no glory. It has no weight. But as we trust in Jesus and we're relieved of the burden of sin, and as we become more and more like Jesus, obedient to the Father, compassionate for others, knowing God's word, giving oneself, living a holy and pure life, serving in the community. The more we become like Jesus, the more the scale is balanced. Now we will never be Jesus, but we can become like Jesus. The scale now is worthy. That's what it means to live a life worthy of the gospel. To become more and more like Jesus until the scale is balanced, that we're living exactly like Jesus. Now quite honestly and practically speaking, That's never going to happen on this earth, on this side of eternity. That will only happen through the resurrection when we are completely free of guilt and sin and in a resurrected body, free to live a perfect life. We don't become Jesus, but we become like him in every way. So what are we doing to balance the scale? Not for salvation, but for Christ-likeness. And what we add to the scale makes us worthy. Not for salvation, but because of salvation. Christ-likeness, holiness, purity, honesty, integrity, compassion concerned about injustice, giving to those who have need, being humble, having an ambition to advance the gospel like we talked about yesterday. That is what it means to live a life worthy of the gospel. And here's the promise. If we focus our lives on this one thing, then all these things that tend to divide us and distract us will either be taken away so that they're no longer important to us or will be added because God sees they are necessary for us, for our fruitfulness, for us to become more and more like Jesus. Living that way is so much simpler. And living that way allows us to manage all the hats, and all the tasks that we do because we are living for one purpose Christ so what are we here for what is our purpose to live for Christ and to live for Christ means living worthy of the gospel and living worthy of the gospel means that we are participants in Christ's mission to redeem others from sin and so we participate in his mission with selfless Sacrificial, humble acts of service, empowered by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, who gives us gifts and resources and energy and the heart and mind to serve others, to bring glory to God. Praise the Lord that because of Christ, we can do just that one thing, live a worthy life, So that we can agree with Paul that to live is Christ and to die is gain. Father, we thank you for this lesson this morning. We thank you for your word that instructs us, informs us, challenges us. And when we allow it to, completely transforms who we are and the way we live. Now this morning, Lord, I want to pray for Brent I want to ask you, Lord, that you bring healing to Brent as he is getting some treatments uh, in, in the U.S. right now. M- my heart goes out to him for the for the un- discomfort and the, and the suffering that he has been experiencing, both physically and emotionally because of the disease that he has. And Lord, I just pray and ask you to uh, intervene in his life, to give him encouragement, to protect him from from depression, to give him peace, and his parents as well, to know that you're taking care of him. We pray those treatments will work, and we pray that very soon, Brent's body will be back to normal, clean, and whole, and healthy. Lord, I want to continue to pray for Pal Ferrer, and pray that you'll continue to restore her health, her energy, and we just thank you for how you have already been working in her body. We uh, pray for Pearlie and Becky and ask that you would encourage them and bring healing to their bodies as well. Lord, we want to pray for our church leaders today and pray that you will give them encouragement, that they will uh, uh, be models of the Christ life to our entire church family as they seek to please you, as they seek to serve you, and as they seek to provide wise leadership for our church family. And Lord, again, we just pray that you will bring an end to this pandemic so that we can get back to what we would call a normal life of worshiping and serving and ministering and discipling together in our city. Now, Lord, we thank you again for this time together this morning And I pray that it will be fruitful as we begin the day to live in your presence and to make you known in our city. And we pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, again, thank you for joining with me this morning. I pray it's been fruitful and meaningful and will be beneficial for your life today as we live for Christ through these difficult and challenging times. Remember, let's be steadfast in the faith. Let's encourage each other and let's make the goodness of Christ known to so many people who are discouraged right now in our communities. God bless you. Have a great day, and I will see you in the morning.